Well, it's good to be with you at uh, church as we uh, gather on this uh, this first Sunday of the season of Advent. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a, a little pre-warning. The first Sunday of the season of Advent, if you've noticed, if you've uh, walked um, through the season, some of you, this is your first time where you even talked about the season of Advent, a, a time of preparation. Um, but if you've been through that process a lot, you know the first Sunday is always weird. And I'm always taken aback. Um, by, by the weirdness of it, uh, based on passage choices. But um, as we as we come into this uh, this season of Advent, uh, there are a couple of things that, that we're going to be drawn to, to look at um, as we walk together. Uh, and today is one of those interesting um, things. But uh, before we get to that point, I was thinking this week uh, of uh, different examples on how to ex- explain and lead us into um, this process. And this TV show kept coming to my mind um, over and over again. We don't have cable. We don't do the cable thing. We do Netflix and other free things. And, and, uh, and, but every once in a while, like once every two years, I'll get into a show. And I'll binge watch, as the youths of the day say, right? right? And, and, and that's where you just sit down and you watch as many as you can. Uh, without like losing all responsibility or your job, right? That's what you do. And so um, I, I think it's been about a year or two. I think it's been a long time because I don't even remember kind of what the show is about. I just remember my feelings I had in the show. Uh, but it was a show, I think I've got a picture of the of the Sheriff Longmire. Have you ever seen this show? See, some of you like this show. All right. Good. And then um, this is a, a, a sheriff. I think he's in Wyoming or Montana. Somebody help me out, Wyoming. And so he's like a small town sheriff, um, and it's like he's got like hero complex is basically what it is, right? And so he walks through these situations where he um, kind of sniffs around and finds criminals and different things, and there's murders and there's drugs. It's like it's just like a it's like a re- redo uh, of a soap opera in modern times is what it is, uh, basically. But it's good and it's fun, and you really get into it, uh, and and it, and it's a fun storyline. But I always I always remember those those season finales. Um, there's like a, an emotional like roller coaster that these TV shows take us on, and they're strategically planned, and someone's thought this out, and, and so they, they, they take you on this journey of emotion as you are, are, are brought into the scene, as the story um, starts to be told, and, and with Longmire, it was like, number one, do you, is he going to keep his job so we can have another season? Right. All right. And then number two, is he going to die today? Right. And so that was the drama of the place. And, and so I just remember walking through these seasons and, and, and getting to that, that place where it was, it was highly dramatic and emotional. And you didn't know if he was going to lose a job or you didn't know if he was going to die. And you just didn't know what was going to happen. That tension that was created in the, more, in the moment. Have you felt that? Maybe not long more, but you've, you've been in that situation. And you're like, you've got some anxiety, like you're physically responding, which I always think is hilarious, but you're there, right? You are Sheriff Longmire's sidekick, and you hope he doesn't die, right? And you're into the show. And then I would come to this moment of great peace. Like, I love this moment. And I would remember that I saw a picture of season five, and he was on the cover of the picture, so he's not going to die. Right? Have you been there? Right? That's, binge watching has got us to this place. Right? There's not a, some TV series like we can watch it all. We know what's going to happen. But there, there's this, this moment of great peace in the middle of, of chaos where you know that he has to be there. He has to have his job because there's another season. Right? 
And so in the, in the middle of this, it's incredible. Your anxiety moves from, from high, like, is he going to die? Is he going to lose his job? What's going to happen? Oh, no. It moves from this, this place of anxiety to a place of anticipation. Like, how's he going to pull this off, right? Like, how's he going to keep his job? Or how's he going to live? Or, you know, whatever, right? So we move from a place of, of anxiety to a place of anticipation, we were brought into that moment um, where we were, we were up there, we remembered that there's another season, and we kind of even out. Does that make sense? And so I want you to keep that image uh, in your mind and that feeling that you felt while watching these goofy TV shows and, and, and this, this moment of peace, that feeling of transition, that there's going to be more, right? And we, that movement from anxiety to anticipation. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, we're going to look in Luke chapter 21 um, uh, today. Uh, the first Sunday of the season of Advent usually starts with this, um, uh, th- this kind of like end of the world scenario. And so this, uh, this year is no different. So we're at this place in Luke 21, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 21, starting in verse um, 25, not usually what we think about when we think about Christmas, but bear with me, it's a, it's a good word and good news. So church, hear the word of the Lord this morning from Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 25. It says this, Jesus speaking, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehension of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on, the, on all those who live in the face of the whole earth. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Right? Kind of a weird passage to start this whole thing off, right? Not something that we'd usually see uh, under the Christmas tree. I don't know about you, but every single time we come to a passage like this, with this, uh, this, this nature of the end times, I recognize my tendency to want to jump down the rabbit hole and figure out what in the world these signs are, Right? And that's just something that's, that, that's there. I, I, I see that. I recognize that in myself and my other, and other people I've observed. But like when, this idea of when will this happen and, and what will it look like? And when will we see signs? And when will people faint in terror? And when will the Son of Man come in a cloud? And when, when, when the temptation of ours 
um, just like it was the temptation of those who hear the words of Jesus this first time, right? Jesus tells them these things, and, and I imagine that this is on their mind as well. I know this because I know the tendency of the disciples. In fact, in the beginning of Luke chapter 21, it happens, right? Jesus is there. He's talking about the destruction of the temple. And they automatically ask these questions. Teacher, they ask, when will these things happen? And what will be a sign that they're about to take place? We want to know. We are curious. Could it be now? Like, like, could it be later? Is it going to be like in 10 years? Is it going to be sometimes? When is it? What, what's going to happen? Like, and we ask the same question. Could it be now, right? Could, could it be at this time? Because there are some crazy things happening that we just can't un- un- explain every single day. In fact, there are people that tell us pretty much every single year that it is going to happen, right? Like May 22nd, 2011, like Jesus is going to come back. Oh, wait, that passed. And so maybe it'll be May 22nd, 2028, because I messed up on the math, right? Like this happens and we joke, but it's a real thing. Google it. It's a real thing, right? And over and over and over again, we have these these things. I even saw this week uh, because I was Googling it just for fun. There's a, a punch card. And it had all the different, uh, all the different uh, times that people predicted the end of the world. And you got your 10th one free, right? And so if you live through these things, like this is serious. And we're, because we're, we, we feel that curiosity. We want to know, especially when it happens to things that, that are coming, but yet, not yet here, right? Like, are we there yet to the extreme? Are we there yet? Is this, is this happening uh, right now? And, and while I understand this temptation, I also understand Mark chapter 13, verse 32, where Jesus himself says this, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, which I am not, nor the Son, which I am not, but only the Father, which I am not. So if Jesus doesn't know, then I don't have a chance, right? Like at all. Like there's no chance of me knowing. I'm not going to speak for you. Well, I will speak for you. You don't have a chance either. So stop it, right? So what Luke does here, as we lay that curiosity aside, he helps us from this question of when are things going to go down to this, this question of how am I supposed to live when I think that things are going down, Right? So we're not, we're not throwing all of our energy and our efforts and, and, and trying to discover when things are going to happen and, oh, is this something or is that something or, or, or whatever, you name it. But we're going to ask the question, how am I supposed to live in the midst, uh, midst of things where, that is causing terror and, and, and chaos in my world? And Jesus addresses that for us here. What's it look like for us, the people of God, to live here and now as we, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Advent and to celebrate the coming of Jesus as a baby, but we also prepare our hearts to celebrate and to live in the tension of Jesus coming back fully. Because if I asked the question, if you've seen brokenness lately, every one of us would raise our hands. We know that not all is set right, and we've got to live in that temptation of, of, of wandering off in some other direction, and we've got to stay in this place of asking, Lord, how am I to live in the midst of this situation? 
I think about all the things that are wrong. This is not really Christmas uh, thing, but we're gonna we're gonna work through this process of, of of these challenges that we face today. I think that the the greatest challenge that we face today is not war or inequality or unrest or prejudice or or division, but it's fear. Like we are a people that are consumed by fear because fear is the cause of all those things I just listed, right? We are a people that are, are, are consumed um, by fear because there are many things to legitimately fear. God's people know the effects of fear. We think about uh, many different situations, but um, one that, that comes to mind is, is, is when the new Pharaoh comes, right? Joseph, uh, God has, has worked through Joseph, and, and Joseph's brought his whole family, the people of God, to live um, with the Egyptians. And, and then uh, as he passes on, there's a new Pharaoh that comes, and it says the new Pharaoh doesn't care about Joseph at all. But the new Pharaoh comes into, into position and he looks around and what does he notice? Man, that those Israelites reproduced a lot, right? Like they reproduce a lot and there's a lot of them. And, and that automatically brings about fear. And so it actually says that we must deal with them, right? They're a problem because they might do something. I'm afraid that something's going to happen. And so hello fear and hello slavery of God's people. Fear brings about many, many different things uh, in our lives as we are overcome by, by fear. From the Pharaoh to the powers of today or our normal everyday interactions with one another, fear is how we turn those who are different from us into an enemy, right? It's how we, we turn those who don't look like us or who don't act like us, who, who, who don't value the same things that we value. It turns us, uh, them, in, into an enemy. It drives us to define ourselves and, and those around us, not by what we share, because we, were, we are all created by the same God, but by what makes us different. Right? I don't do this, and you do, and, and I don't look like that, and you do. And, and so we, we begin to look at our differences from one, from one another, and, and we are afraid. Or, or there's a time we talked about last week of uh, this idea of scarcity, that I'm going to hoard everything because I have a fear that there won't be enough, and I'm going to look at others as competitors. Like, you're going to take the last Tickle Me Elmo at Toys R Us, and we're going to throw down. And Toys R Us is not even a thing anymore, is it? And neither is Tickle Me Elmo. I'm so old. Right? right? You're, you're a competitor. So I'm going to do what it takes to get what I want or to get what I need. Or, or we even see this in the church. I'm going to create an us versus them kind of, kind of atmosphere. The, this mentality that makes it nearly impossible for us to find common ground. Or, 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 uh, or we're going we're gonna to retreat inward because if I'm in here, then you can't hurt me. I won't have that fear. I'm going to harden my heart. I'm going to darken my vision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let fear destroy my imagination of what could be. And we could go on and on and on and on and on. The fear drives us to forget who we are. It's a dangerous thing that can lead us to forget our deepest identity and betray our most cherished values. We can have example after example after example of the ways in which this comes about in everyday, ordinary life. And these first hearers of the word of Jesus today, there is no shortage of fear. 
as, as, as painful as the statement of fear feels to me today, I know that it has been true for longer than I, than I can imagine, that fear is the greatest challenge that we face today. I also know, just as we pray every week, that the Holy Spirit would meet us at the point of, of our deepest need, that God knows that that is one of our greatest challenges. I know this because I read through Scripture and I see this phrase, do not be afraid or do not fear, over and over and over and over and over and over again, uh, more than 120 times across the account of God's saving action, this is communicated. Do not fear, whether it's God or Jesus or an angel or a priest or a prophet or, or Joe Smo. Do not fear. We need to be reminded again and again and again, even as we head towards Christmas. Do not fear, for I am with you. And I think the best part I like about that is obviously like God with us. That's a pretty big deal. We talk about God is a God who comes. But also it's this idea that, that this is, there's another way, right? Like do not fear that you can choose to live in the fear, but I don't want you to live in the fear. I want you to live a different way because I am with you. Do not, do not participate. Do not fear for I am with you. There is another way. I think that's why I'm drawn so much to verse 28 of our, of our passage today. It communicates another way to deal with the scary things of life. Let me read it to you again. After displaying all of these things that bring terror and chaos and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At verse 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. When these things begin to take place and it seems like things are, are, are crazy and the threatening signs are in the earth and the heavens and distress and chaos are among the people and the powers of the day are being shaken and the coming of this, the Son of Man in power and glory. When these things begin to take place, we've got some options, right? And we've got some, some choices to make. Some of us will respond in great fear. People will faint from their terror. Right? They, will, they will lose themselves because of what they, what they see. That it, is, that it is terrifying. That there's apprehension of what is, is coming. You remember that feeling as a kid when, when you, you knew that you were in trouble, right? Oh, man, I just had one pop in my head right there. Right? I, 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 was, I was practicing casting in my grandma's living room. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have fleshed that story out. She still doesn't know, by the way. I should probably call her right now. But this, this idea that we anticipate, and sometimes what we do is we anticipate something happening that never happens. And, and we, we have this, the, 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 this pattern that, that we set up in life where, where we can be overcome by the apprehension of, of what is coming in the world. And we've got some choices. Some will run to their underground bunkers. Maybe you have an underground bunker, right? Some will, 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 will shake their fist at what's wrong with the world. Jack's got a book called Those Darn Squirrels. So every night, 
It's an awesome book, right? And it's redemptive because the Mr. Fookwire, the guy who's old and, and sneezes dust, the squirrels, he doesn't like the squirrels, but the squirrels like him. Great story of redemption, right? But those darn squirrels, we get to say. We will shake our fist, and, and we know that some, maybe even some of us, will fight for our right to, par, to live. We just have that, that, that in us. And yet Jesus tells his disciples that in the middle of all of this, when things seem to be at their worst, when, when it seems like everything's coming to this culmination, that you are to stand up and to raise your heads. Like when, the, when everything seems like it's falling apart, right? And people are, are fainting because of what is yet to come. And that apprehension of, of the unknown. I don't want you to follow them and be a part of that. But I want you to stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is coming. Why are we standing up and raising our heads? Not just because this is the end of the world and so eternal victory is just around the corner. That's one thing. But it's, it's because rather than, and even though heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus says, my words will not pass away. What I have said and what I have spoken will, will not pass away. And so the curiosity of, of what are those words, this is right before Jesus is betrayed by Judas and, and starts that journey to, towards the cross. We've got a couple to choose from that are pretty important. Maybe this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Jesus' promise of his sacrifice and, and continued presence with his disciples. Or it, it, maybe it's, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus' promise of forgiveness. Or maybe it's, you are my witnesses to these things. Jesus' promise of this purposeful and fruitful work of his disciples to spread the gospel and the good news. Or maybe it's, peace be with you. His promise that the resurrection spells an end to, to death and the cycle of violence and, and revenge. His words will not pass away. We could go on and on and on, communicated again and again in this promise that, that he will not abandon us in the middle of all the chaos and the trauma, but he will be with us to empower us and to strengthen us, to equip us and to encourage us, not just to get through, but to thrive, right? To flourish in the middle of it all. If it was to get through, maybe it would be rather than stand and lift up your heads, maybe it's find a good place to hide. That would be the get through, right? Like build that bunker and just get through it, like survive. But no, it's this posture of, of standing up and I will raise my head when everyone else's head's down and I will do things differently. I'm not going to follow the way of fear, but you are called, we are called to, to stand up and raise our head that in the middle of it all, I'm not going to get through it, but I'm going to flourish in it. While people are fainting in terror and when these things begin to take place, I'm going to stand up and lift my head, because the redemption of Jesus is drawing near. Let's be really clear here. This is not what we call radio theology, where Jesus is just going to make everything better for you if you pray more. That's cheap grace. Doesn't work. 
This is a, a place and a space where we recognize that God is with us no matter what. For the disciples and for us, it doesn't mean that all hard things were going to be eliminated from your life and from our world so that you're comfortable. We like comfort a lot. But that's not what it, what it says here. It doesn't say anything about a, a Jesus bubble. That'd be awesome, but nope. But this is about the empowering of God's people to be different in the midst of chaos. This is the the empowering of the people to God to have courage in the middle of it all, to be faithful, to be Jesus people who have compassion and empathy, even if we're afraid that we might remember who we are and remember what is coming. That this is the cry and the call to do not fear. We recognize this morning that the things in which God calls us to, He will empower us to do. This is not a, you know, do this and good luck. But this is a, this is the, this is what I'm called you to, and I will empower you to do it. Which, if you think about it, is pretty awesome. A pretty awesome time to empower people that, in the midst of all of this, we are not rendered helpless by fear. And in the middle of it all, that we aren't ones that just have to go and hide away, but we are empowered by Jesus to remember who we are. And so as we come into this season, and as we wait, we wait in great anticipation. We, we wait for Jesus' complete redemption, His coming again, but we don't wait sitting on our hands. We don't wait just wondering and twiddling our thumbs, but we, we stand up and we continue with the good work of being Jesus people here and now. You know, the work of, of compassion for those who are afraid. The, the work of, of standing with those who, who are oppressed. We do what God has called us to do. And the pushing back of darkness and evil. We forgive those who wronged us. Stuff that we'll be reminded of around holiday seasons. And we actively love God's people. Not because we believe that our actions will change the world. But because we know that Christ's resurrection has already changed the world. We take action knowing that God always keeps His promises. Even if it takes a long time. Even though it feels small that you sent a card or that you helped someone or that you did whatever, feels like it's nothing compared to the great brokenness and chaos that we see around us. Even though it's little, we know that the acts of love done by the people of the church are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And things that are empowered by the Holy Spirit in love and in courage are never little and never wasted. For God wastes nothing. So we will be these people that offer this alternative shaping of imagination to see the fear that corrodes the world And then to see the people of God in the middle of it all standing with their heads raised, knowing that God keeps his promises. Even if it takes a long time, 
that God is present with us even when we hurt. That God is there to lead us even when it seems that there is no way. That we are his people. As the band comes to lead us this morning, we recognize that God is a God of grace and God is a God of love. And we are as people that are empowered to do these things, to, to stand up and raise our head because your redemption is drawing near. We remember that feeling that good old Walt Longmire gave us when we binge watched and we recognized that there was another season, right? And we, we moved from this place of anxiety in all the little things that are going wrong, in all the stuff that seems so overwhelming and gets us all wrapped up, we move from this place of anxiety to this place of anticipation of, yeah, I see the mess, and I'm just waiting in anticipation to see how God will redeem the mess. That I'm going to stand up because the redemption is drawing near. I'm going to stand up because the restoration is right around the corner. And I'm going to join in. It's not just a Netflix looking. I'm empowered to join in to this story of God. Let's sing in response and worship today. Lord, we pray right now that you would uh, continue to do your work in us and among us. Lord, we have certain fears, things that we uh, grasp onto Stuff that's, that's holding us back. Maybe it's that idea of scarcity that we don't have enough. Or uh, maybe we're uh, in fear that someone will uh, hurt us or take from us or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Lord, we pray that your perfect love would cast out all fear. May we continue during this season to lean into you. May we place all of our hope and all of our trust in you knowing that you're God who keeps his promises. Lord, be with us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Please stand to receive the benediction as we go. Beloved God's people, may God move you from this place of fear and anxiety to this place of hope and anticipation. And may God empower you to stand up and to lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. May you go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.